What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jared Magazine, and we are here on episode seven. There's a reason why our next guest is episode seven. I think it's pretty clear by the title of why this person is episode seven. What she did is unbelievable. I can't even fathom it. But the story that you're about to hear on how she did what she did will simply blow your mind. I, I, I have no other words to describe it. It's mind boggling. It's impressive nonetheless, but she is quite the human being. What she did is quite the feat. And so I, I have no words. Let's just, let's, let's do this. Let's jump to this week's episode. So here we have it. Becca Peasy is on today's show, a native of Belmont, Massachusetts, a town right outside of Boston here, seven marathons on seven continents in seven consecutive days. You're going to hear me say it a hundred times today because it's just such an incredible feat, Um, for lack of a better term. She's an incredible human being. On top of that, she's just the nicest person ever. In today's interview, she shares a lot about the will and determination she had to complete this journey and complete this challenge. And I think if you have a goal, something that you want to accomplish, the next big thing on your roadmap, take the time to listen to Becca's advice on today's show, because really what it boils down to are three things, believing in yourself, taking chances and dreaming big. And that's exactly what Becca says. And it's exactly what we should live our our lives by and, and chase our dreams by. So without further ado, I'm so excited to share with you Becca Peasy. Well, our next guest has been to more places in a week than many of us will ever be in a lifetime. On top of that, she ran a marathon in all these places. She did it in a week and she did it twice. Becca Peasy is an American marathon runner from Belmont, Massachusetts. She was the first American woman to complete the World Marathon Challenge, a series of seven marathons on seven continents in seven days, for which she holds the current record. Becca, thank you so much for coming on. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. How are things going? What's going on? It's, you know, we're, we're trying to stick to a routine and I'm trying to keep up with my training. I know that there's no marathon in sight, but I definitely know that there will be another marathon and we will run again. So just trying to stay positive. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I, that kind of brings like the first question. So how's training been? Like, is there a, a training, like something you're training for right now, as we kind of have like this uncertainty on when the next marathon is going to be, when the next gathering of people is going to be? Yeah, I'm kind of excited to be making history, running running um, the first ever virtual Boston Marathon. I co-coach the John Hancock Marathon team, and I'm just trying to tell them, stick to a routine, stay positive. That's in September, so just trying to get my track, my track workouts and my hills in and my distance days and quality over quantity runs, but getting up early and, and doing so. And the virtual is... As much as I wasn't sure if they were going to cancel the Boston Marathon or keep it, you know, I wasn't quite sure what they were going to do with it, but I'm so happy that um, they were able to run it virtually so I can keep yeah. my streak alive. So 16 right. marathons. Uh, 16 Boston, Boston marathons. Boston marathons. 16 consecutive Boston marathons. Oh my goodness. I, that's, that's incredible. Are, is the virtual marathon going to be the same course or is it if, if you well, run 26.2 in the state of Massachusetts? That's the beauty of it. So you get yeah. there's like 30,000 runners. So you get to choose wow. where you want to run. And so I, I tried to find a marathon, um, an actual marathon and use that as a virtual, but there's, there's not too many to choose from. Um, mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is pro- I probably will run the course, the Boston Marathon course, but probably yeah. not on a Saturday or Sunday because I think that's when everybody else from around here is going to be doing it. So it might be like on a Wednesday, just go out and run the course. Yeah. Of course, you're definitely familiar with it at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I know the route. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were, we were talking about this yesterday. I ran five miles yesterday. How far did you run today? I took a day off. You ran yeah. today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so you, like I said in the beginning, you obviously have an incredible story and I really truly can't wait to get into it. But I like to start at the beginning because every story has a beginning. So growing up 
in Belmont, Massachusetts. Obviously, we talked about it. Massachusetts is a very run-friendly area. Everyone here, it seems, has a, a running background or has gotten into running. But where did you first get your inspiration to start running? My dad. My dad's my hero. And he taught. I used to go biking while he would run. And I remember saying to him, I don't want to bike. I want to run. And so he forfeited his pace uh, running so that he could kind of run walk with me until I got the hang of it. He took me to my first race when I was six years old. It was five miles and I loved it. I got in the car. I won my age group, but I definitely was the only one in my age group. And I got all this (laughs) swag, water bottle, t-shirt, cooler. And I'm like, I love to run. I won all this stuff. Take me to my next race. And that's kind of how I competed all the way through college. Yeah, the the swag's the best part. It's I've so I've good. run I've run one half marathon and I yeah. have the t-shirt, I have the pennant, I have the medal. Yeah. And like I'm I'm swagged out. <laughs> Never gets old. Like you have it, right. you've earned it. It's awesome. Yeah. No one can take that away from you. Uh, exactly. of <laughs> um and so you went to Belmont High School and you ran your first Boston marathon at 17. Was that your first marathon ever? First ever. And I was part of Liberty Run Club and they had 10 bibs and I was the only one that used a bib to run like a complimentary bib to you to run during now they don't really have that and um they have like charity and stuff but i was able to use a bib i i was i was so sure because i grew up my grandmother used to take me to the boston marathon and i grew up and i thought watching it and i knew i was gonna run it and i all you have to be 18 i just said that i was 18 and <laughs> ran it at 17 and we didn't like it was it. no big deal like i didn't yeah. like think oh they're gonna check and i'm gonna get caught it wasn't like right. that like i just put down like that i was 18 and yeah, that's awesome. And so you said you, you said earlier, you've ran it now 16 consecutive times, 18 total times. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And it never gets old? Never gets old. There's nothing <laughs> I'd rather be doing on Patriots Day. Like I feel so fortunate yeah. to be towing the line. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you have like, are, like, obviously there's qualifying times and there's other ways to get started or get, um, get a spot at the race, but do you kind of have like an exemption card now? Do you get to be like, I'm Becca Peasy? <laughs> I, I do. So um, I do, but I feel like I always want to be like, oh no, I earned this. Like I, yeah. I was never given this. I, I earned it. So um, right. I always qualify every year, and that's, that's how. Ab- yeah, that's yeah, the best right? way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, so I also read that uh, you're you have a goal of running a, a marathon in all fifty states. How far are you to achieving that goal now? I've done thirty four states. The problem it's been four months without a mar- marathon, so it's definitely. Yeah. I was hoping to be done like within the year and right. it's so frustrating that there's nothing being offered right now. So um, hopefully it will be done in the next two years, but I've done 34 and, and that journey has been incredible. I've been to like Mount Rushmore, Hawaii, Alaska, and yeah. I've had a really fun time doing all this. Yeah. Stuff. I was going to ask, do you have a favorite, a favorite place to run a marathon? I obviously, I feel like Boston's kind of going to be your homegrown, but like, do you have yeah. a, a new favorite spot yet? Definitely Anchorage, Alaska was so fun. Another wow. absolute favorite is Vegas. Vegas Rock and Roll Marathon. I had so much fun. What bet, better finish line than Las Vegas? Um, it was a blast. Yeah. Are you a more of a, a cool temperature runner or do you prefer if it's a little bit hotter outside? A little hotter. I actually don't like to be cold. I can't think straight when I'm cold like that. Despite living in Boston and running in Antarctica, <laughs> I, don't, I just don't like to be cold. I feel like I, it's hard for me to focus when it's cold. Yeah. So you went on to compete at Mars Hill in uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. taking the team to their first ever NCAA championships. Yeah, that was awesome. Well, well yeah. I was gonna, so while were you were in college, and you were, you know, you did you ever feel like this is like this is a good point to like stop competing or like I've done everything that I wanted to accomplish? No, I've always thought like. I can reach for that next, what's, what can I do? What can I accomplish? And I love the ultimate test of endurance and strength. And even after I finish the 50 States, I'd like to run Kona Ironman and I don't really know mm-hmm. how to swim, but I'm always looking for that. Like, what can I do next? And how can I push my body? And how can I push my mind? I, I really love being in training mode and, and where it's taken me around the world. That's awesome. I taught swim lessons for five years, five summers. So if you yeah. ever need a swim coach, just hit me up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you returned back to Massachusetts after finishing college and you, 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 you ran weekly with a club called the Boston Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that club and how you got involved yeah. in that club? Awesome. So my, um, my friend Ryan had OD'd on, on heroin and it was, it was a really hard time in my life. And I thought, 
he, how, how can I help? What can I do? And I just kind of Googled like running and I found this recovery team and I'm like, Oh my God, these, these guys are great. I called the coach and, and love the coach, uh, Mike Farello. And he said, just come run with us. Don't ask any questions. Just don't just come run and support. And I yeah. thought that, that, and then I literally in my training and in my running the seven, 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 I'm like, if, if these run runners are, there's runners out there fighting for their lives and I'm fighting for my dream. And it totally put things in perspective for me. And I fought harder and, and, you know, raise the bar in my dreams. And, but, but these, this team's like family to me, you know, and um, they are my biggest support system and I'm really lucky to be part of the family. That's awesome. Do you like going off that? Like, do you feel like running is kind of that? Cause I've, I've heard a lot of stories where people run to escape the demons that they're fighting, whether it's addiction you know, um, alcohol abuse, whatever. Do you feel that running kind of, I've always felt that running is kind of like a, a mindless sport and you can do it and you can just kind of like ease your mind. Do you, do you feel the same way when you're running yeah. or do these people feel the same when they, when they're running? I know I do. And I know that when I'm really stressed out and going through a lot in my life, I just, if I just start the run day with a run, I feel that much more, my mind's at, at rest and I can, I can have a better day because of running. Yeah. So on top of all that you've done in running, uh, you you have two jobs. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little about those two jobs? One, I know a lot of people wish they had. <laughs> One, maybe I, some don't wish they had, but. <laughs> I definitely love both of the jobs that I have. I manage yeah. an ice cream shop. I, shop. I have um, an ice cream flavor na- named after me, the Becca 7 and 7 Ingredients. And it's a s'mores-based flavor. And my daughter's allergic to nuts and there's no nuts and, and Perfect. it's great because like they're high school kids and we get along really well and um oftentimes they'll call me and they'll say can I have a job and you really inspire me and I think that's that's awesome to hire them and let that be their first job so um that's really exciting and then and then I own a daycare and the the daycare is um really successful as well and and we have great families and the kids get to be like your nieces and nephews and I really right. love that yeah, my my girlfriend's first job was scooping ice cream. I feel like there's a lot to learn when you're scooping yeah, ice cream. There's a lot to learn, and it's a lot of fun. And you get the biceps at the end of the summer too, right? Yeah, you see, they're totally fit and strong. It's after every summer, you're like, okay, I'm ready, I'm fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned that you have a wonderful daughter who is following in your footsteps. I heard that she ran her first race at the age of six. Uh huh. She did. Yeah, and she has asthma, so we we try to find sports that don't um, work up a lot of of weight, breathing heavy, but she. Mm-hmm. She does. She's, it's really fun because she's definitely my biggest fan and supports everything that I do. That's awesome. Awesome. So let's get into the 2016 World Marathon Challenge. Like I said at the beginning of the show, the World Marathon Challenge is seven marathons on seven continents in seven consecutive days. And that's not a typo. Um, can you tell us the places that you ran during the first, first challenge in 2016? You finished first in all seven marathons as a woman, but can you tell us those places? Yeah. So it started out in Novo, Antarctica, and then um, Chile, Miami, Madrid, Morocco, Dubai, and then ended in Australia. And you had never been out of the country before that? I had been out of the country, but I had never run a marathon out of the country. Oh my goodness. So, so it was a big change. Yeah, the big, <laughs> big change, right. And I read that before 2016, there was only one American, Tim Durbin, and only one other woman, uh, Mariana Zykova of Finland, right. who right. completed the series. Yeah. And Tim was huge help to me. Like I had so many questions. And then I also needed the support from Mariana because being a female too, I'm like, she's a female. And she did, she did yeah. this, like, tell me everything. And she was so awesome and so successful. And um, I got to pay it back forward to her when she ran the volcano marathon, I got to help her out. So that was pretty awesome to help each other. Yeah. So two people in the world have done this. Did you have like any doubts, any, any like fears what, what was going through your head when you, when you signed your name up to, for this? Um, making history. So I had a shot at making history and how rare do we get to be in the Guinness Book of World Records or how often yeah. do we get to make history? Not this day and age, not much. So I thought if I can, I love to run and I love to travel. I'm not going to run this race until I'm, until I know in my mind and in my heart that I can finish it. Meaning like if something were to happen, I would finish regardless. And if I didn't, it would be out of my hands, like the weather, or I'm so badly injured that I wasn't able to finish. But um, no, f- you know, I definitely thought if given the opportunity, um, yeah. I'm going to finish no matter what. And my motto in my training was get comfortable being uncomfortable and you'll make it. So that That's meant awesome. like running at all hours and doing things I didn't want to do and train, flying to Montreal to train for Canada, but that, that kind of training 
in Canada for Antarctica, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, so training wise, um, you know, like obviously Boston gets cold, but how do you train for sub-zero temperatures in Antarctica? Yeah. So I definitely was running like five in the morning, um, all through November, December, January. And that's about zero degrees here in Boston yeah. at that hour. Uh, I needed like negative 20. So I definitely <laughs> needed Montreal twice just to know what running 20 miles would feel like in that kind of freezing temperatures and, and for the confidence, like how embarrassing yeah. if I ran Antarctica and didn't finish, like that was definitely Number not one. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and I read that you only needed approval from one person in your head and that was your daughter. What did she tell you? Oh, she was like so excited. She was like, mom, you, you can do this. And we both were like, how many continents are there? Where are they? Where, where's, <laughs> where's Marrakesh? Like we, yeah. we had so many geography questions that were like, oh, this could be like really fun learning experience for both of us. Like we, right. but it, if she, there would be a lot of training and a lot of hard work put into it. So if she was kind of like, oh, I'm going to really miss you or then I wouldn't have done it because, you know, through her being eight years old, I didn't want to leave her for two weeks. And when I, when she's really never left me and that, that would be too much for her. So thank God she was like really supportive. Yeah. And what did your parents tell you? My parents said, no, my dad was like, (laughs) you know, this is, this is ISIS and this is how close you're going to be to ISIS. And and that's reality. Like we were pretty close. And then um, my mom was like, you're going to get attacked by penguins in Antarctica. So they were like, they were not so supportive, but they are my parents and that's their job to protect me. And it just didn't sound so safe. And they were like, who's, who's done this? Well, well, nobody, but (laughs) two two people in the world. Yeah. I was like, how do you tell them that like, Oh, but, but I'm different and I can do it. And it doesn't really but then after, when it was about a month left to go on my training, I'm like, so I'm really doing this and I really need your support. And yeah. um, they were like, we support you and we'll be in Miami to cheer for you. So awesome. um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, so training started January 1st, mm-hmm. uh, 2015. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about um, like the like training for the temperatures. Did you do a lot of training for the time zones as well? Waking up random hours and running or what was, did you, no. what, what was that training like? I didn't do that, but I was kind of like running at like five in the morning and then seven o'clock at night and yeah. kind of never like through, through the like midnight to 5am mm-hmm. wasn't really doing that. But, um, I was kind of like running in the morning and t- running on tired legs was what I was doing. Yeah. And how many, how many miles a week were you doing for this? hundred, seventy to a hundred. And oh my goodness, that's incredible. <laughs> um, so, so 30, you were run- I read you were running 30 a week. And while you were still running and everything and training for this, you were still still managing the daycare, still mm-hmm. managing the ice cream shop? Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So <laughs> my life is like a puzzle. And I think the hardest part about being me and, you know, people are like, well, I want to do what you do, but I don't have time. You know, it's a slap in the face to me because if you want to make history and you want to run a PR and you want, if it's if something's important to you, whatever it is, you'll find the time. But to be yeah. like, oh, I want to do what you're doing. That's cool. But I don't have, I'm, I'm busy. You know, it's like, wow. Like that was kind of, it's kind of tough to hear because it's saying that like, I have all this time on my hands to do these things, Yeah, but I love yeah. all the things that I do. So I feel lucky right. that I love my job and I love my child and I love to run. I love to travel. So my life is like a puzzle. Yeah. Do you think it's, you think it's, it's like that? It's like, oh, I don't have the time. Like, yeah. and then you're saying, look at me. I have the time. Look at my life. I have the time. Do you think it's laziness too? I think for, I think it's, um, I think that people don't, and I think that they're not trying to be offensive when they say it. I think that they right. don't really understand how hard I work. Yeah. Cause like, I, I really like what you said about like, if you really want to do something, you'll find the way to do it. If it's yeah. really in you that this is what I need to do. And I mean, you woke up and said, this is what I'm doing. And it's yeah. like, you need a year to train for this. You can't just pick up and, you know, pack up mm-hmm. and go to Antarctica and run marathon number one. It's something you have to train for. So the whole time you're training, you're finding a way to get this done. You're, you're, you know, you need to get this done because at the end of the day, right. It's what's going to happen at the end of January or the beginning of February. Yeah. That's really what's going to matter. Right. Yeah. Um, so the first marathon was in Antarctica um, like I said, Boston's cold, but Antarctica is really cold. And I read that your iPod froze mm-hmm. in the run. What was, uh, how do you run in dead silent? I mean, cause there's also not a crowd cheering you on every mile marker. No. Is there? No. And that was really scary. Like you, you go to, you're like, okay, well I have my iPod and I'm going to put all my daughter's favorite songs in the iPod yeah. and that's give me something to do for like four hours. And when your iPod like shows the battery life, because it's so cold, it's not working. You're like, 
and it was fully charged, it's just that cold. You're like, now I'm going to have to just totally focus and just uh, uh, over the next few hours and it's going to be boring. And you know, the, the two guys were about 15 minutes ahead of me and the next guy was about 30 minutes ahead behind me so I couldn't pick up my pace and I didn't want to fall behind so I just yeah. ran at the pace that I and it was a long four hours it was like the imagine that you're just running in place with it feels I felt like somebody was like pulling at my shirt jacket to like not let me go run fast because it's, yeah the wind is exhausting the sun is blinding you cross the finish line and you kind of melt into your chair and you're like I am really tired. How am I going to run six more marathons? <laughs> yeah, because it's not like it's not like the Boston Marathon where you mm -hmm. got sights and sounds and things to look at and people to look at. You're running straight into what looks like a never-ending abyss of white, like yeah. you said, blinding lights too yeah. with the sun off the uh -huh. snow. I, it's incredible. I, it's what, intimidating. So, and you're like, yeah. if I can just get through this one, then I'll never complain again about being cold or, you know, because it's really intimidating to run those temperatures. Yeah, so were the penguins there waiting for you at the finish line, ready to attack? <laughs> I didn't see any. I didn't see Nothing? Anything. No. I didn't see any life at all. <laughs> oh. Just plain white snow. Yeah, just plain <laughs> white snow and Rocky Mountains, yeah, the, the mountains. Wow. So, so when you finished Marathon 1, take me through what flying was like. How quickly were you, like, did you, so you had to wait for everyone else to finish. Mm -hmm. And then how quickly were you guys up and on the plane onto the next place? Yeah, so we flew in Antarctica because you're running on a glacier and it lands on a glacier on the Russian Illusion, which is a private military plane, which just blew my mind. It was so cool. It was like cargo yeah. seating and the seatbelts came over your head and it was, that oh, was wow. really cool. And then from that point on, we flew American Airlines. So the stress of like catching the flight was terrible. Like you're like, what if I do everything right? And then a flight is so delayed that we miss we miss it and then everything's yeah. done but um but the race director did a phenomenal job of just booking us and um you, you wait for everybody you go and you shower and but you're um flying about 10 hours per continent and then you're wow. averaging about 10 hours per continent like once you touch the ground and yeah. then sleeping and eating and and what's sleep like are you you're sleeping strictly on the planes on the planes and they laid flat down into bed so people were like how were you able to sleep and i thought well we just ran a marathon, so we were pretty it's tired. Pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, like we, we were pretty tired, and and no, and we knew that we had to just sleep. And um, but it, they were very comfortable. They we had like down comforters, and it's pretty. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So you said you ran, you, you flew American Airlines. Were so it was just random people on the planes too. Did they have any idea what you guys were doing right now? Like right then? Yeah, they would actually. They like as the story built, and it kept going. People were like, they were like, oh my god, good luck! Like that's really cool, and um that that was really exciting as it as it kind of snowballed into a bigger 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 so it was really cool yeah and i read that you were actually sleeping more during the challenge yeah. on these planes than you were because you had the jobs and everything going yeah. on i was running i was only like sleeping five hours a night and then i come on this challenge i'm sleeping like eight or nine hours a night which was pretty cool oh, that's awesome so then you go to chile obviously a, a extreme temperature change right yeah yeah was it was that the hottest one you ran or no no that wasn't the hottest that was that was pretty humid though that was um let's see we went from negative 20 and that was about um 70 degrees oh so a mild a mild summer day yeah, in Boston. Mild 70. <laughs> and we ran on the wall actually the thing with chile it was extremely windy that day that we ran mm -hmm. so that was frustrating i was trying to fight the wind and it was pretty warm and that was kind of annoying and your running partner ran, ran this one. Yeah, team, my, right? my training partner for Boston came. And that was really lucky. I had friends and family on every continent. Um, that mm -hmm. was really cool. Yeah, so going from running in Antarctica by yourself and it felt like forever, it was kind of nice to have another human being next to you the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So then you go to Miami, mm -hmm. kind of essentially your homecoming. Who yeah. was, so who was in Florida cheering you on there? My entire family. I felt like I had home course advantage and everybody except <laughs> my daughter because she was in school. So my parents, right. my sister, and um, that was really my, one of my sisters and both my sisters. And that was really fun to have their support there. My coach from college came to cheer me on, my yoga wow. instructor. That was really awesome. Yeah. So keep in mind, everyone that's listening, this is, we're only three days in, but she's been to three continents. And, but so four races, four and five, there's something special about those, correct? Yeah. So tell us, tell what's, what's the difference between one, two, and three, and now four and five? So four and five is what I essentially prepped the whole entire year for. So Madrid was at 11 a.m. We took an one hour flight, hour and a half flight to Morocco and was towing the line at midnight. So that was like 
two marathons within 24 hours. So that was really stressful. Like, can my body handle this? Like, this is, this is a big deal, you know, that I have to just knock out these two marathons and then I'll just have two left to go. So I, I, Madrid was a little hilly. We ran through like some park that was really unbelievably cool. And, and that was really nice. And that was a really fun event. And then, um, Morocco, like we were running by camels, like as wow. if they were like little puppies, like they were like yeah. there, like it was no big deal. Like we were just running next to them. And that was really cool. We ran that one at, at like 11 PM. So I was like, wow, this is, we just knocking out these two. Um, and then next up was Dubai and I was at marathon six. So that was marathon six mile yep. two. Yep. And I just felt this like tear in my groin. And it was really like a, such a blow because I was like, what if, you know, this hurts so much. So I crossed the finish line of Madrid, of um, Dubai, num number six, and I was not in a good place. Like the highs of these kind of seven, seven, sevens are really high, but your lows are like really low. And this was yeah. definitely the point when I'm like, I can't walk. How am I going to run a marathon? I don't feel good. Like, and so it turned out to be the um, doctor said it was, uh, came over and did like one of those ultrasound travel pack ultrasounds. And he said, yeah. You've you've torn it. And I thought I'm in trouble because, you know, I, it, so I'm like, you know, I thought to myself, you know, not finishing this race just wasn't an option. And you can right. spend 40 years explaining to how the world, how you almost did it. And no, or that's four not an years option. in hell, just no. trying to fight through the pain. And so no. I was like, I'm going to finish. And if I have to just limp the whole thing, I don't know, I'm going to finish. And I knew that I could do it, but, um, I didn't, I never had been hurt like that in my life ever. Mm -hmm. So I got this um, email from a doctor and he said, my name is Dr. Brown. I, I coach the, I, I help the Harbor team of runners. Mm -hmm. And if you run with your toes facing all the way in, you'll take the pain off your groin. And I did that. And that helped so wow. much. And I was like thinking if he, I had like 1200 emails from people trying to help. And I just happened to see this one, like Dr. Brown, Harvard. And it yeah. helped me so much because, um, I, I wouldn't have thought to do that on my own. Probably, I probably would just. I was gonna say, if I had a if I had an email in my inbox from with a subject line, Dr. Brown Harvard, I'd yeah. probably open it up. You probably open it and see like <laughs> like, like not the, are you say. okay or you do you need anything like nothing like that. So it was Cheering like, for you. like those yeah, emails are like, great. Yeah, that's exactly. But what I, I need some help right now. <laughs> like I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Yeah. So and it was frustrating. I just had talked to my dad, and I'm like we are good to go. We have two left and I can see the light. We, the and then it just kind of felt like a stabbing pain, like a knife yeah. pain to the brain. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we need to regroup. We don't feel good. You know? So. Yeah. And I, and I heard that you said that was the first injury you've ever had running in all your yeah. career. Cause so. because all my life and I always suggest this, like your body will tell you I need a break or right. if you feel good, go for it. If you're feeling right. awesome, run hard. Your my friends are like, oh, I ran through my shin splints, or I, I'm like, no one's proud of you. That was dumb, you know. And you're gonna, you're gonna regret <laughs> it. You're gonna, you, you yeah. know, it's not. It, no one thinks you're tough. Nobody. But I think, I think you have to. Your body will tell you. My biggest piece of advice is your body will tell you. Listen to it. Yeah, and so by the time you land in, so going back just a little bit, sure. by the time you land in Sydney for the final marathon, your groin was black and blue, swollen for the, like the size of a softball. Yeah. Who? were people t like what were people telling you on this plane what were the other runners no. telling you what were the the doctors there telling you there was an airline stewardess and i'm in a ball and i'm rocking back and forth and she's like and i fall asleep. i just tell her about the pain in my groin and she's like oh my god you remind me of my daughter and what can i do to help you i'm like i'm okay i'm like i'm just having a bad day and i fall asleep with a, with an ice pack on my groin and i woke up and she had switched it out for me like go back wow. to sleep you're okay you know and and the most special thing, like there's the sponsors emailing me saying, you don't have to run another step. We are so proud of you. We love you. And we support you. And that made me be like, no, I I'm, you know, not like the pressure to finish. Like it, it just, and the support from all around the world meant so much to me because I really needed it at that time. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately you've crossed the finish line in Sydney was it relief? Was it joy? Was it a mix of a mix of everything? What was that? What it was, was like running through your head? Triumph and history. Yeah. And, you know, um, people always say like, is it better that you got injured? It makes the story better. And I'm like, I don't, I don't wish my injury on anybody. And I, especially yeah. at the time when I'm thinking like, I can't walk, what, how am I going to run 26 miles? And, but, um, you know, my, I will never forget like 
crossing the finish line and like Associated Press was there and there's tons of like cameras and everything. And my parents were live on Skype and they were crying and they were like, we did it. And it meant like, so they pulled my daughter from her, her yeah. classroom and she got to announce to the school, my mom just made history and she finished strong uh, and she did it, you know? And, and like, awesome. those are the things that I remember, like, I don't know if it would have been as special if I w wasn't in so much trouble. I mean, it really would have been really special, but yeah, having having all the support from my friends and family. When when they said we did it, were you like? Oh. <laughs> I was I was like that because we were we we were not a we like seven days yeah. prior to the race. I was like that was like <laughs> I I'm doing this and yeah. you know, now I always say that if my dreams aren't big enough that if my if my dreams don't scare my parents they're not big enough and because yeah. I know by the look on their face how big my goals are. Awesome, so. Obviously, it's an incredible feat just to finish this race, but to put it in perspective, um, you finished about an average of an hour ahead of all four of the other women in, in all seven races. Mm -hmm. Your cumulative time was 27 hours, 26 minutes, 15 seconds, an average time of just under four hours per marathon. Um, also, it's even better, uh, you beat nine of the 11 men that were competing. The two men that finished in front of you were two Marines. Mm -hmm. did, were, did you did you have that expectation or that goal out from the outright was it just to finish was it to finish first what was what was the goal um my goal was to be first american female but um my goal was to be the first female like i did my homework i studied who i'd be racing i studied the continents i studied everything that i could possibly study and i put in the work so um bonus for for winning it um overall female but i wanted to be the first american woman you know mm. and that was like so i said even if i get beat by like four feet other at least i'm first american you know and yeah um that was that was really exciting but i definitely i'm really competitive like, i think i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but i wanted to win right right and so what is what was the biggest lesson you took away from 2016 i believe in yourself because it got ugly you know in my training there were it was like February and I'm like, I, I'm pretty tired. I don't feel good. Yeah. Everything hurts. And I yeah. was two months in. So I'm like, just, I, I kept envisioning myself crossing the finish line and that mm. kept me hungry. And in my racing and in my training, I kept thinking, are you doing everything you possibly can be doing to win this race? Oh, you're not. So go out and run 10 more miles or eat healthier oh, or lay it yeah. all out on the line because it's up to you. Like if you, if you want it, you'll do it. And if you get lazy and you whatever, then that's on you. So, right. so when you get back to Belmont, did you sleep for like a week straight? What was it like when you got back? So I got back and I was home for like 12 hours and then Nora O'Donnell, um, Ellen DeGeneres, like all these people started calling me. So I went on Nora O'Donnell's show and they were like, that's great. We'll pick you up tomorrow at 7am. And I'm like, <laughs> just, I like need to sleep. <laughs> literally, I was like, 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 I think my voice cracked. I was like, tomorrow? Like I, I couldn't even like grasp getting on a flight and yeah. But everything was first class and they treated me like gold and ran with Nora and got to tell my story. And, you know, yeah. the beauty of my story is like people that said, say to me, and this is the biggest comment or compliment is when they say, I, I'm a better person because of you. I, I ran my first 5k or marathon because of you, or I quit smoking because of you. Like that's wow. when I know that I feel like I've done my job or, you know, my one was that my, somebody said my husband died and you gave me something to to live for and look forward to. And I was like, wow, like you never realize. I mean, there's another side of that. People abuse me on the internet, like abuse yeah. me. You're not saving the world. You're not killing, you know, curing cancer and go kill yourself. I'm like, wow. Like I, I, I think that doing this type of thing is how, is really tough. Um, when you have big goals, I think it works both ways. Yeah. What, what do you, like, what do you even say to that? Like, or how do you even react to, like, you haven't even met these people you have no idea who they are. You're doing this for you and your daughter and, and for a personal goal. And obviously, you know, the repercussions of you're getting national attention, global attention and inspiring. But then there's these people that just like are pieces of shit. Excuse my language. Yeah, yeah it's extremely frustrating because the bigger the article, like I was in Sports Illustrated, Wall Street Journal, the harder, harsher the comments. And, you know, it, it really was. And, and one time I wrote, that's really unfortunate. You feel that way. If I'm confident, if you knew me, we'd be friends, you know? And, yeah. and then I'm like, I'm never going to comment. And it got like, however many hundred likes, like so right. many likes and like, yeah. um, and that was like, I was like, I'm never, ever going to comment on a negative comment again. Like I'm ne And even though it got so much attention and it got like, but I was like, 
I'm not going to waste my time and my breath. It's it, like if, and what I've chosen to do with my life is like, I, I have a foundation. So kids are going on to high school. We've given over $30,000 in scholarships. I have yeah. out of my foundation from my 5k, from my book sales, from my, um, and, and so at the end of the day, these kids that are, that need this money, um, are getting the scholarship money. I don't care what anybody thinks, you know? Yeah. I read, or I saw a video you were telling the story of you walked into a Starbucks one day and, uh, a, a man in front of you in line, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong about the story, yeah. but, um, he, like, he's like, did you hear about this woman running this seven, seven, seven? And you're like, Oh, that's me. Right. And yeah. then he immediately goes, Oh, I don't believe it. That happens so many times that like, I would literally be at Starbucks and people would be like, there's no way. Like, th- and the guy was like, okay, when does the race begin? I'm like, oh God. The 17th, like two weeks from now. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to follow it because there's no way this can be done. And I'm like, how rude is that? Why don't you follow it and say like, like it was like really offensive. He's like, why don't you, why don't you follow it? Because you hope that I do it or, you know, so those are the ones that like fueled my fire. I'm like, Oh, you think it's impossible? Yeah. Watch me. Did you walk back into that Starbucks? And yeah, I, see them all, with I, all got, your I only go to that one. So I see them all the time. Yeah. And, yeah and that's what I'm like, wow, you know, and like, you know, so I think, um, I, I know, I know that he knows that I finished and I know mm. he put it in his mouth and you know, it's, it's a tough feat, you know, and anything could, I, I got very lucky, you know, people like, Oh, you, you, but you put in the work and you, but I also had, I got a little lucky. <laughs> but so you really didn't take much of a break as far as running goes um, because you ran the Boston marathon on April 17th, 2016, still running hundred miles a week, no yeah. breaks. No. And that's the thing. Like I, I walked my, I limped into the, the doctor and I'm like, what happened? Who I have a really close relationship with. And she's like, seven marathons yeah. on seven continents in seven days happened. What are you talking about? Your body <laughs> gave out on you. Of course, yeah. your body's like a car. And if you don't feed it, it just, and I was like, oh yeah. And then I was like, okay, so I'm running Boston like in two weeks and or whatever, like two months. Yeah. What was it, like, Probably month? felt like a day. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, oh, I know you are. And I'm like, okay, well, well, how do she's like, you can fix that by not running on it. I'm like, well, maybe I can walk fast or jog, but it was, I was in so much pain that it actually took like 30 days to really recover with minimal running. Um, I didn't realize how badly that, but I I knew that I would finish run Boston regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2017, I read that you you ran 10 marathons that year. I did. Yeah. Is that a low or a high? That's average. That's what I like that's to do average. Every year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's about what I like. I just happened to knock out these seven in January. Yeah, right. So then, the, yeah, it was an off year that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you ran the Volcano Marathon in Chile. Yeah, that was unbelievable. It, it really was the first time ever that I felt confident. I just didn't quite, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. 15,000 feet is so, like I got out at the top of the mountain, the yeah. volcano, and I stumbled out. Like I couldn't find my legs. I was like wobbly legs and 15,000 feet. And it started at 15,000 feet, but it only goes down to 12,000 feet. It's not like it goes down to zero. So you finish the marathon and you're at 12,000 feet. And I got one of those like training masks to train in. I call the owner of training masks and he's like, oh my God, I'll give you this training mask. It's going to help you so much. So when I got it, I went running in it and I was like, oh, it doesn't work because I can't breathe. So I call him and he's like, no, that's how you're going to be feeling yeah. in Chile. I'm like, cause he pumped it all the way up to a five out of five. And I yeah. was like, I can't breathe in it. And he's like, get used to it because, yeah. and I, and I really, I, I, although it was like the most incredible race, we ran by 10 active live volcanoes. I also, it was the, the altitude was really scary for me. It's like breathing through one of those coffee straws. It's yeah, yeah, and it's like my daughter has asthma, and I'm like, that's how she feels when she runs. Oh my god, like I really, yeah. I really couldn't breathe, and and I was becoming like delusional. Like I couldn't, I I was trying to like say the alphabet out loud and spell my name, and so wow. I really like was fumbling. Wow. Um. So, but the ten marathon in, in 2017 was all in preparation to do it again in 2018, right? I had no idea that I would be doing it, and um, Tom Brady's company, TB12, they called yeah. and. Although I'm always fit, like I'm always fit. There's not gonna, it's not like I just wasn't really run. I, I was fit and running 10 marathons a year. And they called and they said, <laughs> we think that we can train you to run this faster and stronger. And I was like, well, that's cool. What do you know about running? And they were like, 
nothing, but we know everything there is about the human body. So if you just right. trust in us that we know what we're doing, then we'll help you. And um, so I ran it and they came, they really helped me over the course of the year with pliability and deep tissue massages and nutrition. And yeah. I was like, I'm doing it again. Yeah. Did you ever see TB12 in the training room? Yeah, I did. Oh my goodness. Kronkowski. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest Patriots fan, but I have to think that's really cool. That begs yeah. me to ask the question, who's the better 40-year-old athlete? <laughs> Tom Brady. It's okay. He doesn't, listen to, he doesn't listen to this podcast. We could say yeah. you. <laughs> I, I can definitely beat him in a race, but he's more fit than I am. Yeah. Did, did you ever take him on a run? No, I should have, though. I should have yeah. for a reason. That's awesome. Um, so uh, this one, uh, the order was a little bit different. What was, what was the order for 2018? Um, started out in Antarctica and then we yeah. went to Cape Town and then went to um, Lisbon, Europe. And then we went to, where are we going? Um, I'm drawing a blank on the, and, Perth, Australia. Oh, okay. yeah. And it ended in, um, this year it ended in Miami. So mm. it went to Columbia and then Miami. And, right. and Miami, to have it last in being in the USA, it was awesome. Yeah. I read that your daughter ran the last what, 100 yards with you. Was that yeah. just like the icing yeah. on there, the cherry on top? And that's why I, the, this time I was like, I'm pulling my daughter out of school and she's going to be there no matter what. <laughs> yeah, like, no I'm matter thinking, what. No, I'm really not <laughs> do that. And I was like, no, I'm making history again. She's going to be there. So my parents yeah. flew her out there and, and that was really awesome. And she ran the last 100 yards with me. And what was so special about that is that 50 years ago, women were told that their bodies couldn't handle the distance of a marathon, you know, and just fast forward 50 years and I'm doing it on all seven continents for the second time with my daughter by, by my side. You never forget that. So this yeah. is way more special. Yeah. So what's, what, like, what, what's the message you're, you want to deliver to athletes in general, women's, women in sports? What's the message here that you want others to take away from, from accomplishing something like this? Um, dream big take chances and believe in yourself because those are the three things that got me through that, that get me through life in general. Mm -hmm. And so we talked a little bit about what you're up to these days. Um, are, are we, see, are we ever going to see a three-peat? Probably third time's a charm. So I, I yeah. probably will do it again. Um, that would be really, special. I'd like to take my, my child to Antarctica this time. So um, if ever the opportunity, then now, That's now awesome. the race director is going every other year. So I probably okay. do it one more time. Awesome. And if, so we got that, what else is next? What's another, what's like, what's the next biggest challenge? Because I feel like 777 is like the, the top of the mountain. I read that the race director told you, like when you cross the finish line, you're going to kind of feel like, that's it. Like there's, there's really nothing bigger than this. There's no challenge that can really, uh, you know, match this, but what's, what's the next biggest challenge? Yeah. And that's exactly what the race director, Richard Donovan from Ireland, he pulled me aside one time and he's like, when you cross the finish line, everyone's going to look for that. What's next? What are you up yeah. to? You, and it's how, how do you top it? And that's why I ran it again. Um, my next big, <laughs> biggest feat will be running across America, which I would like to do um, definitely next year or the year after. And that, that goes really high that, that um, world record is like 54 miles a day for 56 days. So that's such a huge feat that I'm almost afraid to tell anybody about it because there's so much room for failure. Um, but yeah. I, I have the resources in Boston to get it done and, right. and I know that I can do it when I'm fully trained and prepared and ready to do it. Um, speaking of which, cause I heard that was like your next biggest goal. I did some, I did some uh, research before this, but yeah. uh, have you heard of Brady Silverwood? He actually did do a run across America. He started in Jersey and ended um, in Torrey Pine in San Diego. No. Oh, that's yeah. I know, people usually go California ways to, New England, but, um, and that's the world record way. So that's the way I yeah. would be going, but no. Right. Yeah. I, I figured, I figured there's definitely a track that you know that you're going to do, yeah. but I just, I didn't know if you had heard the story. Yeah. He, he did it. Um, just to, like, he did it just to do it. I don't like, he wasn't chasing a world record or anything, but, uh, if you want to look up a pretty crazy story, oh, I sure will. It's, it's the real life Forrest Gump is what he like. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's so cool. And so do you do races 
that are longer than a marathon? Have you like an ultra marathon or are you sticking to 26.2? No, I will. I'm going to do an ultra marathon because what's ironic is when I crossed the finish line in the 777, all these ultra marathon race directors were like, come run my race. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. 100 miles. They're like, you just did. I'm like, no, I want to finish the 50 states because that's been like a five-year goal yeah. before I get injured doing, because when I, when I do the 100 or 50 mile race, I want to race it. So at, at least, at least I want to finish the 50 states before I get injured, probably doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause running a marathon in 50 states, that's, that's been extremely fun. I just ready yeah. for it to be over. Yeah. Do you have, so what states are like, you don't have to list all of them, but what are some of the states that are left? All of the Midwest. Okay. So the flat ones, so you did yeah. all the hard, you did all I the mean, hard parts. Yeah. I mean, it's been so fun. Like I did Colorado and all, all every, I've done all of New England. I've done yeah. everything down South and I've done okay. everything out West. So it literally is like Nebraska, Idaho, like all those guys. And so <laughs> Not as good of views. Maybe someone yeah. someone might prove me wrong, but you know, oh, uh, yeah. definitely a, a, a easier terrain. Uh, yeah. Do you have a state that you're not looking forward to in this? No. So that's the question. <laughs> like, I did the Dakotas, and yeah. um, and Fargo was kind of boring, and um, I was ready. I I think that was the first one that hit me when I was like, went to the I went to the visitor center. They said I went to the front desk, and I'm like, okay, I'm here for two days. What can I do? And they were like, the visitor center gives free popcorn, and I was like. <laughs> and I was like oh anything else and they were like there's a new KFC in town like oh, and I was like, oh like Kentucky Fried Chicken and they were like yeah I'm like okay anything else and it was very <laughs> it like rained during the whole marathon I was like yeah. I just go home. so I since I already did um the, like Alaska and Hawaii you're supposed to save those for last when you're doing the 50 states it kind of makes yeah. for a better like yeah but I already did those ones so my last one I joke is gonna be like Idaho or like something that like <laughs> um, my, my friends aren't totally thrilled to go to. <laughs> right. And I, and I, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause I actually, when I was getting recruited for swimming, I got recruited to the university of North Dakota and we like Google maps, the, yeah. the what the, what the road to from the airport to the school is. And it's like, you go straight for 10 miles you take a left and you go straight for five miles. That's and probably the course. That was like the course. It was like just yeah. over here to over there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah do you do you have um a favorite boston marathon memory um the year after the bombing so um that was definitely the hardest one ever but the year at, people were like oh are you gonna sit out what are you gonna do i'm like no yeah. way you know no, we way. Have, no way and that's not um, what this city's about no and like meb won the boston marathon and there were like five hundred thousand spectators and that was pretty awesome that was definitely my favorite yeah so you, you wrote a children's book um, called mm -hmm. Feet on Feet. Um, yeah, so be sure to, I'll, I'll link that to the, um, on your website down below in the, in the information. But I have to ask you, this has been a lot of fun. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you coming on and telling the story, but sure. I ask this all from all my, or for all my guests, um, what would be the title? If you wrote an autobiography, what would be the title of your autobiography? something about Becca's feet or, or follow me or some, believe in me or some, something like believe in me or take chances or something with my name in it. And, and the title with this one is I was like thinking to my mind, in my mind, like seven continents, seven. And I said to my dad, like, I just am missing the title. And he's, he just, he didn't even really know I was writing a kid's book. He was like, Becca's feet on feet. And I was like, well, that, well, that works. You know? And, and so, that was like, you know, my dad took my first race. He, he titled the name, my book. And, um, but so many people, like I, somebody was like, let's do a memoir. I'm like, what's a memoir? And to think that I'm an author, I was like, that's kind of cool. Like I never envisioned, but I'm really proud of that. You know, and, yeah. um, I think definitely with believing and inspiring or something like that. And, and I need it. And I want to write a book on the 50 States and mm -hmm. I need a title for that. And yeah. And, uh, but is the biggest accomplishment having an ice cream flavor named after you? Um, that's pretty cool. That's I got to throw out the first pitch at Fenway Park. My whole yeah, body and I heard was like shit. I I and I had to throw to number seven, Christian Vasquez, and I was like in a like my whole and I was like I threw up and I, my dad's like just throw it, throw a strike, or they're gonna boo you out of the stadium. And I was they like, they wouldn't boo you. Are I you kidding like, well, me? You know, your like, dad's dad's like, full I of it. <laughs> I was so nervous, and so I was like. I just prayed the thing and I was like, please God, 30, and it was Boston Marathon weekend. So yeah. 5,000 people were at the game and there oh. I go, like, I'm like, it was just so, 
but that was wicked fun. Yeah, and I also read this on your Wikipedia. So I don't know. It's it's. I think it's true. Did your your uh, your boyfriend at the time proposed to you on the mound right before? Yeah. So you yeah. had you got a lot going on. I had no. I was so focused on the first pitch, and he yeah. called me. And he's like, "Is there traffic?" I'm like, "Um, just use ways or whatever it is that you're using because I'm focusing on doing the first pitch." Like, yeah. don't talk to me right now. I was like that. I was like, "I'm really stressed out right now. Just find another friend to talk to, or call my parents. Or, I don't know what's going on. I can't be your go-to right now." So I was like on the lounge. I was like, sorry for yelling at you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Were you like, this is not the time. I was like that. I was so stressed out that throwing out the first pitch in front of 30,000 people, nothing, like nothing will scare you like that. Like you just, you're nothing. It's not my sport. It's not, not, I, I not running even, seven marathons in seven no. days. And I no. said to the guy, I was like, can I kind of run it in? And he started into, and he started laughing. I was like, "Cause I'm a runner." And he was, he started laughing. I was like, "I was, I was kind of being serious." I was kind of being serious. I was, I wanted to sandlot it. Yeah, remember? <laughs> I really wanted to like run it over to him. I don't know. That's awesome. Well, Becca, I I can't express to you how thankful I am that you were able to do this. I was it, it was incredible. There were there's you know I, I've been able to connect with a lot of people in this, and I I was super excited about this one because I this is such an incredible story. So thank you so much for coming on and telling this story. It's been an absolute honor. Thanks for having me. I'll really always appreciate let you up know what I'm up to next. Yeah, and if you need those swim lessons, just feel free to text <laughs> me. I can I can help you out with some stroke techniques. <laughs> I, I'll come up for, for that. Sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Right. See you soon. Right. Doesn't Becca just make you want to like go for a run, run through a brick wall, go for a bike ride, do a swim, whatever it is that you guys do? I'm like. I'm like ready to go. I'm 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 hyped up. So huge thanks to to Becca Peasy for coming on today's show, sharing her story, sharing her journey, but also giving us all a little bit of of encouragement and advice on really getting after it and chasing after our dreams. Uh, congrats to to Becca for completing another consecutive Boston Marathon, the first ever virtual Boston Marathon. Hopefully, the last. I hope that the city of Boston can have the marathon again. Um, as it usually does, but congrats to you. And uh, I wish you the best of luck in all of your endeavors. And I know you still got the, uh, 50 States and 50 marathons still to go, still, still a couple more States to knock off. So best of luck with that. But thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Thank you always, uh, for following along on this journey, continuing to show your support. I appreciate it more than, you know, we got some big things cooking up. Some things that I'm not going to disclose just yet, but uh, some new things are coming and I'm really excited. So be sure to come back here next week, same time, same place, same day. New interview, new person, completely new story. Thank you guys so much and I will see you all next Wednesday.